Let's open our Bibles to Matthew 13. We'll get started there today. Uh, we didn't go anywhere near my notes in first service, so I don't imagine we'll get there today. <clears throat> so, uh, But we'll trust the Lord together, amen? amen. Uh, let's agree together for the service. He knows what needs to come out, how it needs to come out. You don't want to hear from a man anyway. We want to hear from God. God God's got way more to say than I ever dreamed of. Amen? And so let's believe God together. Father God, we pray and ask you today for utterance, revelation, and and anointing over this service, Lord, that it would be your words spoken, the very words of God, not a man, not me, that it would go forth and it would produce fruits of righteousness, that it would produce fruits that you desire, Lord, in our hearts, Lord, and that we would receive it by faith in, as your goodness and as your love towards us and through us. And we give you thanks for every good thing in us and out of us that this produces in advance. For you're a good God, and we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Well, I've been looking at uh, understanding a little bit, but uh, it's more so than that. And Jesus is talking specifically about the people of that day in this passage here, starting in verse 14. But this is, this is a, a symptom of a greater thing. You know, anybody could have a dull heart. Anybody could not see and not understand. But we don't want to get in that position, right? And we always want to be in a position of understanding. Understanding not just how it's said, but why it's said. It's not enough to know that something was said. It's I want to know the sayer. And that's what our heart has to be, to know the sayer. And the sayer of the Word of God is God, and our desire should be to know Him more. And in, these ver- in this verse, Jesus is talking about a people that can't know Him at all. And He says, In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, By hearing you shall hear and not understand, and seeing you shall see and you shall not perceive. Verse 15, And this people's heart is waxed gross. I told them this morning, I'm not sure what waxed gross is. So I'm glad for other translations because I haven't used the word waxed gross in any sentence that I've said in all my life unless I read it out of the Bible. Anybody in here, you say waxed gross? You, you waxed gross today. And I'm tired of it. There's no more gross waxing. <clears throat> we'll not have gross waxing around here or waxing gross. <clears throat> if I I should have, we should have corrected Ramsey that day. You're waxing gross. <clears throat> now that's a calloused and a hard heart, a calloused place, a, a hardness that God can't get into. You know, a lot of people say, yeah, they need to soften their heart. But that's not what God would say. God would say, I'm going to change their heart. God would say, I'm going to give them a new heart. He said, he, said, uh, he said, your heart's wax gross, their ears are dull. Why? Because their heart's wax gross. When your heart is hard, you can't hear. Because you'll only hear what you hear. We want to hear not only what God hears, but how He hears it. When I hear something's going on in somebody's life, I want to hear it in love. Amen? I want to hear it the way God would hear it. And I want to see the situation and judge it the way God would judge it. Amen? I don't want to judge it from my eyes or my heart. I want to judge it from His eyes and His heart. 
How many know He's a righteous judge? He's not a right judge. He's a righteous judge. If He judged right, most of us would be in hell right now. But He judges righteously. In other words, He judges out of His rightness. And He is God. And if He says you're something, guess what? You are. Amen? When God said you're saved, you be saved. Amen? If God says you're healed, why would we argue with Him? You get people all the time, they say, I know He says I'm healed, but I'm not. Well, you're arguing with God. It's God that said we're healed. It's God that says we're prosperous. It's God that says we are all these things and more. Amen? We should desire to understand and see not only others, but ourselves through His eyes. Because until you can see you the way He sees you, you'll not see others the way He sees others. Why does He say you need to love yourself? To love yourself is to, is to choose to see you through God's eyes and through the blood of Jesus and through the grace of God. You're choosing not to see your sin, but to see His grace. Amen? That doesn't mean you get to sin. It means His grace gives you the ability not to. Amen? People say, ah, grace, yeah, we can do what we want. You know, I thought that most of my young life. I did. I'm like, oh, thank God for grace. I can just sin all I want. And boy, did I ever. I was proficient at it. But I was wrong. God had given me the ability not to sin. He'd given me the ability to be someone that I had never been. He changed me from the inside out and made me new. Amen? And made me able to understand, hear, see, perceive, and to know the very heart of God. Amen? Look at John 3. John 3, verse 1. John 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews. Everybody knows about Nick, right? Nick at night. Nick at night, right? You guys all know about Nick at night, too, don't you? You've been watching Nick at night. It's because that's where the good shows are on. Nick at night. Actually, some of them aren't good anymore. They took off the good shows. No. Anyway, Nick came at night, and he said to him, Rabbi... We know that you're a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. And Jesus said, you are exactly right, Nick. You have seen exactly who I am and what I do. You know what? You must have the Holy Spirit, Nick, because you've, you've seen me. That's not at all what Jesus said, is it? Nicodemus knew nothing about Jesus. And Jesus answered him. And he said, verse 4, or 3, no, you're right. Sorry, I'm sorry. You changed it before I was ready. You guys are quick. Jesus answered and said, and Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. And he wasn't telling, he was, everybody thinks, well, yeah, you can't go to heaven if you're not born again. That's not what he was saying to Nicodemus. He wasn't talking about going to heaven right now. He was talking about you're seeing the works. You're seeing the miracles. You're seeing the signs. But you're not seeing who I am and why I do what I do. You're not seeing the heart of God. The reason I heal, the reason I do good, the reason I'm here is because God loves you. And you're not seeing that. 
you're only seeing the miracles. And if you're only seeing the miracles, you don't know the heart of God and you're not understanding why I'm here because you're not operating in the grace. And Jesus was a picture and is the grace of God. And while he was in this earth, he operated in that grace. <laughs> Remember what it said? It was in Luke and he grew in grace. Guess what? If, God need, if Jesus needed grace and wisdom, reckon we're going to need some, huh? People say, why did Jesus need the favor of God? He was God's favor. What are you talking about need the favor of God? He was the grace of God. Amen? He's, he truly was God's favorite. He was His only begotten Son. And He gave Him for you, which means you're His favorite favorite. All you guys, me, we're His favorite favorite. He gave His favorite for us. Glory to God. For you and me. That's the heart of God. See, when you begin to see things this way, not just that He came and did great works, but He came and He was the love of God in the flesh, on the earth. And everything, every thought, every action that he had was out of this great love. He did not move outside of it. Amen? And, and he told Nicodemus, he said, you're looking at the works because you're of the law. And that's what they knew. They knew the law. You know, Jesus was doing this and this and this. And what they saw is people trying to get something or get somewhere. Because that's what the law did. The law was selfish. It could only help you. Right? right? The, law was, the law was only... That's, that's why we needed grace. The law wasn't getting you anywhere. It's works. It's based in works. And, and we get... And that's what Nick was looking at. He's like, he's like you look at the works you do. But Jesus was saying, these are works done in love. They have value. They're not just works. They have value. Right? It doesn't matter what you do if it's not in love. What, what about the people that said, Lord, Lord, what about us? Didn't we do all these miracles and didn't we do this and this? And Jesus said, I don't know you. Why didn't he know them? Because they didn't do them with the heart of God. Amen. Without the heart of God, the works mean nothing. Amen? Amen. <laughs> you guys are quiet on me. It's just true. Right? And God says, I'll give you this ability. Amen? Through His grace he, and through Jesus Christ, He can give us this same ability that Jesus operated in. Think about Jesus. Jesus didn't just confuse Nicodemus. He, he confused, we talked about the lady caught in adultery two weeks ago, right? Two weeks ago. She's, she's still the same lady. Amen? <laughs> still the same lady. They brought her before the law, right? They had every legal right. The law judged her guilty of what she did, and they had every legal right to stone her. And Jesus had every legal right to stand there and say, yeah, that's the law, and it's right, but it's not righteous. Righteousness will overcome right all the time. People say, what do you mean? Righteousness is born out of the love of God. Right is born out of the law. Righteousness is given out of grace. Right is born out of the law. People who have to be right are usually wrong. Why? Because they have no mercy. They have no grace. 
God is righteous, therefore He's right. He's not right. right. Being right does not make you righteous. Being righteous can make you right. Right? You're right? I like it. Say right, and you're right. <clears throat> Glory to God. But, but they brought her, and they had, every, they had every reason and right to stone her. She had committed adultery. Right? You guys with me today? And Jesus did not only forgive her, but he empowered her. Jesus, in his righteousness, judged in love. And he showed mercy and he gave grace. The lady comes and he says, Where are your condemners? And she said, I don't have any, Lord. And he said, Neither do I. The only one that had the ability to condemn her. And he said, I don't condemn you. And then he empowered her by grace. And he said, go and sin no more. What did, what did he do? He made her a new person right there. He did not condemn her, therefore raising her up. And then he gave her the grace of God, the ability to go and sin no more. You don't just tell somebody to... If you told somebody, if you walked out this door today and walked into a bar and, and, and said, I'm taking your drink away from you now, go and drink no more they would come back and drink in an hour. Why? Because they're a drinker. You've got to change the person. He changed her from an adulterer to a not condemned person. No longer was she an adulterer. He took away what condemned her and and gave her forgiveness and gave her grace which was the ability not to be that ever again. When, when we are saved, then God gives us the ability in us to never be a sinner again. And with that ability comes the ability not to sin. Right? Think about this. If, if you change somebody's heart, you change their very being. And that's what God did by the grace of God. He changed our very heart. He changed who we were to who we are. Amen? That's what grace does. Grace takes us from sinner to saint. And you don't flip back and forth. You're now new. You don't, it doesn't say, and the new man, the old passes away and comes back and goes and comes back and goes and goes. No. People say, but see, I still do some of the things. But now you know you're doing some of the things. Before you did them and didn't care. Grace will give you the ability to stop doing them. It'll tell you you are doing them. Grace is much bigger than we've given it. We've relegated it to this, I can do what I want. And no, you, can't. you can do more than you ever imagined through this grace. You can be the hands and feet of God because of the grace of God, because of the love of God. Let's look at what God did. Look at Ezekiel 3. I'm sorry, Ezekiel 36. Thank you, Lord. Righteousness isn't being right. Righteousness is being like God. You know, many people, they say, I'm righteous, and they think that makes them right. And that puts you in right standing with God. Right? 
There's many times you're wrong. Most of the time when you say you're right, that's when you're wrong. When you demand your rights, you are wrong. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, I only want what's right? Well, good thing Jesus didn't say that. (laughs) I'm sure glad Jesus didn't say that. What if he'd have said to the woman that was caught in adultery, well, we only want what's right. She'd have got stoned right there. Jesus didn't say, he said, I I want what God's. And that's you, and that's me. He said, I want righteous fruit. I want things that remain. I want things that are eternal, things that are everlasting. And he gave grace. Amen? Thank you, Lord. This is how God does it. He says in Ezekiel 36, 26, he says, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit. God doesn't take your old heart and fix it. You know, a lot of people are wanting to be fixed. He's not going to fix you. No, he's going to change you. Yeah, you don't want to be fixed, right? What if somebody said, I'll give you a brand new car, or you can have this one I'm fixing? Huh? You're going to go with a brand new one. Well, God said, I'm not working with what you got. I'm going to give you more. I don't want to work with what you've got. I'm going to give you a new heart. One that can hear my words, one that can see my goodness, one that can be and feel the love of God. And he said, I'm going to put, I'm going to put in you a new heart. And he said, and I'm going to put you in you a new spirit. What, what, what's he saying? He said, I'm going to give you a new desire. In other words, a new heart and a new spirit that you'll desire what I desire. You'll think what I think. You'll see like I see. Glory to God. People say, well, can't he do that? No, he did do that. <laughs> Glory to God. He did do it. And he said, I'll take away. He said, I'm going to put my, a new spirit within you, and I'll take away your stony heart. What's the stony heart? The one that can't hear God. The one that can't understand God. The one that can't see why he does what he does. The one that can't have love. He said, I'm going to get rid of the stony heart and I'm going to take away a stony heart out of your flesh and I'll give you a heart of flesh. He said, I'm going to give you a heart that's soft and pliable, a heart that can hear my word and do what I say. And do what I say. Huh? What's the next verse? He said, and I'll put my spirit. Oh, no. No, he's he's not just going to give you a new heart and a new spirit. And then he's going to say, and I'll put my spirit, I'll take the Holy Spirit and I'm going to put it in you. And when I put it in you, it will cause you, not make you. Grace doesn't make you do anything. It causes you to walk in His ways. It causes, it enables you. In other words, you couldn't do it before. So He said, I'll give you a new heart. I'll give you a new spirit. I'll put My Spirit in you and it'll enable you to walk in My statutes. In other words, and everybody goes, yeah, I can do exactly what He says. No, you can be like He is. You'll walk in Him. You won't do Him. You'll walk in Him. His statutes are love. Love, love, forgive, love, give, love, give, forgive, grace, mercy. You want the statutes of God? That's what they are. People say, well, what about don't murder and don't steal and don't lie? Love. What's it say? What is it? In Romans it says, love is the fulfilling of the law. 
because it works no ill towards its neighbor. So if you you walk, if He causes you to walk in His ways, then you now walk in the very love of God and operate on a level of grace. You're now enabled to be, not to do, to be who you weren't. Glory to God. He says, I'm going to put my spirit in you. And you're going to be who you weren't. You're going to be my child. What's, What's the next verse after that say? Maybe it's the right one. Oh, and, and you shall be dwell in the land that I gave you, your fathers, and you will be my people. What's he saying? I'm putting a new heart in you, and you're going to be mine. I'm going to put a new spirit in you, and you'll be mine. I'm going to put my spirit in you, and you'll be mine. What's he saying? He's not just saying, I want you here. He's saying, I want you here, and I want you to be of my family. I want you to think like I think. I want you to be who I am. I want you to be the righteousness of God in Christ. I don't want you to have to act righteous. I don't want righteousness on credit. I want you righteous. And he said, the way I can do that is I can make you new. What did he say to Nicodemus? He said, you want to you hear what, how I think? You want to see my heart? You must be born again. Amen. The kingdom of God cannot be understood unless you become new. And when you become new, you can now understand my thoughts. Yeah. You can understand that when I said light be, I was thinking about you. I wasn't thinking it was dark outside. God wasn't sitting up there saying, man, it's dark, give me some light. He was saying, light will create everything that makes you happy. Light will produce things within the ground. It will give you joy. It will do such great things. He was thinking of you and me when He created light. God is unselfish. The Spirit of God is unselfish. There's no selfishness in it. Works are selfish. You do them to get something. God says, I'm giving you a new heart. I'm giving you a new spirit. And I'm putting my spirit in you. Everything is free. You can't earn it. You can't have it by works. I'm giving it to you. And if you'll receive it as the gift that it is, it will empower you to overcome who you were. Glory to God. When we receive this gift of grace, then we become the love of God. Because we now can understand why He does You don't read the Word the same way anymore. When you see God did something, you don't say, well, man, that seems mean. Sure, it seems mean if you don't understand God. But if you know He's love, then you know there's something you're not seeing and you begin to search harder. Amen. You don't accept wrath, you look at God. You, don't, you, you always look at God from who He is. And if God says, I'm love, He doesn't do bad things. Amen. And if it appears that He does, you're not seeing something right. Amen. Good. Truth. And what this, what this enables us to do is see the heart of God. Think about this. People say all the time, I say, well, you know, He used to tell people to go into a village and to wipe it out. You know, and I don't understand why a God that loves everyone would go in and wipe out the warriors and then wipe out the old people and the young people and the babies. And why? Why would, why would a God of love do that? 
Why would a God of love do that? Well, you guys are waiting on an answer, aren't you? Huh? Well, you know what they do when you have cancer? They kill, when you have chemotherapy, what does it kill? Everything. Good cells, bad cells, all cells. Why? Because it has to kill everything to bring back to life everything good. Right? It's not a new theory. It's not a new theory. And when, when God wiped out everything so that he could create something new, what did he do to you? Huh? The same thing. You had to be born again. He couldn't take who you were and make you righteous. You had to be born again. He could not take who you were and make you righteous. So he wiped you off the map and brought up a new Dave. A better Dave, new and approved. Not new and improved, new and approved, glory to God. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, I've been raised up by grace to walk in a newness of life. Recreated, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. (coughs) Why? Because there's no such thing of good works outside of the grace of God. Amen? Amen? Unsaved people ain't doing good works. They're just doing works. And why are they doing them? Because they want something. And they're going to expect something for their works. Right? (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Amen? God gives us a new heart. He gives us greater ability. I know where I want you to go, but I'm not sure how to get there. (laughs) and he makes us new. He doesn't take who we are and fix us. Remember when Jesus talked about sewing a new patch on an old garment? God doesn't do that. Why? Because he's getting ready to put new wine in you, right? He can't have old wineskins. He's going to change you because you can't accept him until he changes you. If he tries to put... That's what, that's what was happening when he came. That's, why do you think the Pharisees bucked so much against what he said? Because they couldn't fit in what he was saying. Because they were old wineskin and he was new wine. And God's saying, change. He's saying, let me change you. Let me make you new. He says, what, what did he say when, when a man is born again? He's a new creation. Old things are gone. They're not wavering back and forth. They're gone. When God made you new, He made you new. People say, well, I'm still acting like, oh, that's a choice because you now have another choice. You have a choice by the grace of God to yield to the new spirit, the new heart, His spirit in you, and do the things that He called you to do and have works of righteousness. Without the grace of God, you don't have a choice. you got one choice. You're going to live for you. <laughs> Grace wasn't just given so you could go to heaven. Grace was given so we could be a part of heaven on earth. Amen? Amen? Grace enables us to be what Jesus asked them to be. Um, think about... Uh, that's where I wanted to go. John... Uh, uh, it's in here. Looking over my buffet of notes... So I told him in the first service, buffet, you can choose from what you want and take the ones you want out, right? When I go to a buffet, meat, potatoes, bread, dessert. You know, don't even have to waste any time at that old salad section. 
You know what's at the salad section? Salad. <laughs> when I go to the buffet, it's quick and easy. Get the meat and the potatoes. Where's the bread? And then show me where to get dessert. Here, here in God's buffet, we'll have some vegetables too. <laughs> John 13, 34 and 35, Jesus talking to his disciples. And he said, a new commandment I give to you. How come he can give a new commandment? Because he's got new creatures. New creatures that are not born under the law, no longer slaves to sin, right? But sons of God. Slaves of sin, sons of God. New, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. He just gave them something you can't do without the grace of God. It's not possible. <laughs> Guess what? People who aren't born again love you in a worldly level. If they tell you they love you, they really do with all the love they have. But they do not have God's love, therefore they do not love you on a God level. God is asking them to love on a God level. He's saying, in fact, he said it just like that. Love each other the way I loved you, and he loved them the way God loved them. And he said, you love one another the way I love you. People say, oh yeah, everybody knows that. No, (laughs) everybody knows it, but it's the ones that do it that understand it. Because this is something you become, it's not something you do. And he said, love one another the way that I've loved you, that you, let me read it to you. I give you a new command that you love one another as I've loved you, that you also love one another. Verse 35. By this, men know that you are my disciples. What's, it, what's he saying? He's saying, this makes you stand out. The grace of God, the mercy of God, the love of God should make you stand out. You know, people say, well, it's because you do stuff. No, it's not because you do stuff. It's because you love one another. Your actions will be brought forth by who you are. Right? You can't just say, I'm going to love people because God told me to love people. That won't be love. Yet people say, well, I love you because I have to. God told me to love you. So therefore, I love you. Would you like God to say that to you? Well, I love you because I'm God. And because I'm God, I have to love you. And that's what most people feel about God, that He loves them and endures them. God does not love you and endure you. He loves you and wants to be around you. He doesn't wait. I said that earlier. He doesn't sleep, so He doesn't wake up. We don't wake up any morning where He feels less or more about us. No matter how you wake up. You can wake up on the crabby side of the bed or the happy side of the bed. God loves you the same and wants to be around you the same. He desired your company so much that He gave Jesus Christ to have it. And He's not changing. He's not changing. Amen? And He, and he gave us that same ability. 
He won't tell you to do something that He didn't give you the ability to do. So when He said, love one another as I've loved you, He, sa- he was telling them that they could. This grace enables and empowers us to be what He's recreated us to be, what He's changed our hearts to be. When He said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free, He didn't say that you'll get free. He said it makes you free. The truth, born again, changed. You're a new person. You're, You're not an old slave saved by grace. You are just saved by grace. The old's gone. In other words, if somebody said, who do you used to be? You say, I don't know. I only know who I am in Christ. Why? Because the other doesn't matter. Unless you just want to learn from your mistakes. You want to remember not to do stupid things again. I have to remember every day. Right? God's given us His grace and His love and He's put it in us and now He says, now love with it. Love one another because it'll make you stand out. Why? Because it makes you new. It makes you unlike anybody else on the planet that doesn't have this same grace. That's why it makes you stand out. Not because of what you say, not because of what you do, See, Nicodemus looked at Jesus and said, you stand out because of the miracles. Jesus said, you don't understand. I don't stand out because of the miracles, and because you're not born again, you can't see why I stand out. I stand out because the miracles I did, I did in the love of God. I wanted them to see. I wanted them to walk. I came that they might have salvation and life and life more abundantly. I didn't do it so you could see it. And that same love is put in us. And we begin to do things, not so people can see them, but because we love them. And we don't care what people see. We know why we did it. We did it because we love them. You could buy a thousand dinners. Rick missed it. This is two weeks in a row that we've got to talk about Rick missing it. Thank God. Everybody, thank God you're not like Rick. But if you buy that dinner so people know you did, that's all you get. And that's all you get. Your works didn't even help you. But if you buy that dinner out of the love of God, it has everlasting and eternal value. Not only does it do what God wanted it to do, but it goes out from there. And it continues on. The grace of God is so vast and so extravagant. It did things in and through our lives that we haven't touched on yet. And He's saying, I want to make you new and I want to put a new heart in you and a new spirit in you and, and I, because I want to cause you to be like me. He wants sons and daughters. Why? Because sons and daughters act like the Father. They don't act like Him. They're of Him. Let me rephrase that. There are things that are born in you because of your parents that you do without even knowing. 
There are phrases you say, that you walk a certain way, your hands move a certain way, and people say, you look just like it. Well, sure I do, because that's my dad. When we're made new and born again in the image of God, then we begin to do things just because that's who we are, not because we're doing them, that's who we are. It's not a work any longer, it's an action of who we are. Does that make sense? In other words, a work, you have to think about it and do it. That's what the law was. It was all works. Work, 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 work. And you got to do this to get this, and this has to happen for this to happen. This And God said no more. Love and fulfill it. Put my, let me change you. Let me change you and make you perfect. Let me change you and make you my son. Let me change you and make you my daughter. Let me change you and put my grace and my love in you so that you can walk the way I walked. And when somebody brings the adulterous woman before you, you don't reach down for a stone. You you look like Jesus looked. And you see her through the eyes of God. And she's just the next person to be saved. She's not the next person to be stoned. Glory to God. We have been made this through the blood of Jesus. Romans 8 says the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me. It doesn't say it makes me do something. It has made me to be something I wasn't. It's made me free. From what? The law of sin and death. I'm no longer judged by that law. Why? I'm not in that camp anymore. I passed from life or from death unto life because I love the brethren. How do you love the brethren? Because Jesus said you can love them by His grace. If you're born again, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Why? Because you have His ability in you. And that's what He's given us. And He said in that same passage, Romans 8, put it Romans 8.1. Put it up there. I don't know how we got there, but that's where we're going. It <clears throat> says so there's no condemnation. Sounds just like the lady caught in adultery, doesn't it? There's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh. People look at that and they say, yes, yeah, see, works. You've got to walk not after the flesh. No, he's saying you're in Christ Jesus. You won't walk after the flesh. If your heart is changed and you get in the same situation you were in before your heart was changed, you will react differently. Why? Because you don't fit in anymore. You don't fit in in that old lifestyle. You don't fit in in those old things. You don't fit in with the judges. All of a sudden, love is your judge. And mercy is your judgment. You don't fit in with the others. That's what Jesus said. He said, you won't fit in if you love the brothers. You won't fit in anymore. That's how people will know you. What? You won't fit in. You want to be a misfit for God? It's a good thing. I don't want to fit in with the world. I want to be known by my love. Better yet, I want to be known by His love. Glory to God. He said, he said the law... He said, there's no more condemnation of them which, which are in Christ Jesus who don't walk after the flesh, but they walk after the Spirit. Verse 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me, has made me, it hasn't set me free, it's made me a free person. In other words, 
when we talk about pardon, anybody know what a pardon actually does? It wipes out your past. It doesn't make you free. it doesn't set you free. It makes you a free person. It wipes out anything that was against you. What's it say in, in Colossians? It says he blotted out the handwriting that was against us. He pardoned us fully. We are no longer sinners. We don't even have a sin past. People say, then why do I still do wrong things? Read Romans 7. Paul will explain it to you. I do what I don't want to do. I want to do what I do. And the good that's in me, I don't do. If I would, I did what I. <laughs> and then he said, who will save me from this body of death? Huh? Thanks be unto God through Christ Jesus. It's right before these verses. Amen. That I'm not condemned. But I'm made a free person. It says in, what is it, Corinthians? <coughs> Going too fast. We'll find it. We'll find it. It's in here. It's in these notes. It's at the buffet. Sometimes you've got to go both, both directions. Just don't put anything on your plate you don't want because you'll have to scrape it off when you find what you do want or get two plates. <laughs> we want all I see. i got some buffet brothers out here, yeah. <laughs> Romans 6.18 says, being then made free from sin. In other words, you're not free from sins. You, you're made free from it. You, in other words, you don't have to run from it anymore. It doesn't affect you anymore. You are no longer a slave to it. You are a servant. What's it say? Romans 6.18. You're, you're made free. See, this is what we got to get a hold of. Grace has transformed us into something we were not. We will not become who we were. Has anybody found the word unsaved? Or you probably have found unsaved. Um, I don't know how you go back on your salvation. Anyway, you don't go back to sin. You'd have to make that a conscious choice to do so. We're not even going to talk about that because people who are saved by grace, they're not looking for a way to sin. People who are truly saved by the grace of God are looking for a way not to sin. And they've found it. Good news. And then they're looking to get deeper and deeper into the things of God because now they have a greater understanding of who He is. The grace of God is an empowering, enabling. It gives us all God's abilities in us and through us. Amen? Amen? And he says, we've been made free from sin and we have become. Become. In other words, you were this, now you're this. It doesn't mean you can be this again. Why? Because now you're this. And when he makes you something, that's what you, that's what you be. Right? But what did Jesus say? He said, when the Son makes you free, you are free indeed. I don't think he's going to go back on that word. He said, you've been made free from sin and you've become servants or slaves of righteousness. In other words, all you want to do is righteous acts. You are created to do righteousness. Glory to God. Created in Christ Jesus to do righteousness. It does say later in, in, was it 1 Corinthians? I thought I had it in here, but maybe I don't. That we're the righteousness of God in Christ. Huh? Is that where it's at? Don't we have scriptorians here? 2 Corinthians 5.21 2 Corinthians 
says, he, For He hath made Him, He made Jesus to be sin for us. Jesus became sin. Jesus became something He was not so that we could become something that we were not. Amen? Jesus was made sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made. It doesn't say that we might do the righteousness of God. He said that we might be we got too many people trying to do the righteousness and not just be the righteous. If you be the righteous, if you are an iceberg, you will be cold. <laughs> Glory to God. Think about this. When he talked about the parable of the sower, he talked about the, the hard ground where they couldn't understand the seed. The seed went in and, and the birds of the air ate it. Why? Because it couldn't go in. Hard, calloused areas. But the last heart he talked about was the good soil. The good soil. And they planted the seed in it. And when they planted the seed in it, it produced a crop. It produced 30, 60, and 100. When God puts His seed in us, the good soil, He makes us good soil before He puts in the seed. He makes you new. You're good soil. And then He puts the seed in you so that you can produce the fruits of righteousness. Amen? If you went to a field and it was dirt, you'd just call it a field. But if they planted corn in it, you'd call it a cornfield. If they planted wheat in it, you'd call it a wheat field. If they planted Jesus in it, you'd call it a love field. And you are a love field for Christ. You are full of the love, love of God and you produce the fruits of righteousness. It's who you're made to be. It's who we're made to be. We're no longer old sinners. You know, people say, I'm just an old sinner. Saved by grace. You know what that is? An excuse to be an old sinner still. Because if you're saved by grace, you've got an excuse not to be. Because you're not. You're not. You you, you can't be an old sinner anymore. Why? Because you're saved by grace. You can't be the other. You can only be one. And if you chose grace... Sinner ain't the other choice. You don't get to go back. Because if you chose grace, you don't want to go back. You're not looking for a way out. Amen? You're looking for a way to get deeper in. In Acts 17, 28, it says, In Him we live and move and have our being. What's he saying? He's saying in Christ, in Him. That's where our life is. That's, what, that's how we move. In other words, we, 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 get, we get our life from Him and we move in His presence, in His desires. We now have the desires of God in us and we have our being. In other words, who you are is in Christ. Who you are is because of Christ. You aren't who you are because you did something to work and get it. Your being is in Him. Amen. What being? You be healed. What being? You be prosperous. What being? You be peaceful. You be joyful. We don't get joy. We be joyful. We don't get peace. We be peaceful. We be. We don't get. (laughs) Works get. Grace bees. It's as good as English as I can give you. Works get. Grace bees. Right? I want to be. I don't want to get. Too many people trying to get healed. Why? You don't have to get healed. You be healed. You don't get saved. Guess what? You don't get saved. You be saved. 
<laughs> Makes my English kind of work. <laughs> right? What did they say about Abraham? And, what did they say about God? In Romans, they said He's the God that calls things that be not as though they were. It doesn't say He's th- He called things that they couldn't get as though they could get them. He changes our spiritual DNA. And He says, you're no longer sin DNA. You are of the righteous DNA. I have made you to be this. Glory to God. How many want to be the righteousness of God in Christ? That's who we are. And He said, when we be this, when we're born again, then we have an understanding of the heart of God. We understand this love and we're able to operate at a level that others won't operate. And it will make you a witness to the world. Make you a witness to the world. You will be a witness. You don't go a witnessing as Mrs. Moore said a couple weeks ago. Why? Because you already be a witness. You don't need to go a witnessing. You'll stand out just because you love. True love causes us to stand out. When your brother or sister sin against you, you're not the Pharisees that grab them by the hand and throw them before the body. we got too many throwers and not enough catchers. We need more catchers. What's it say? You are overtaken in a fall? Or if you know someone that's overtaken in a fall? You who are spiritual? Restore them? That's a catcher. Not... Not a thrower. We got too many throwers. Did you hear what they did? Did you hear what they did? I don't don't mean to talk about somebody. I don't mean to talk about them, brother. We don't need any more throwers. We need some catchers. We need some that are spiritual. What? What's spiritual? They've got the grace and the love of God in them and they're able to catch them. They're able to keep them from falling and lift them back up and hold them by the arm and say, I know you messed up, but we don't need to tell the whole body about it. Let's tell God. He forgives. You got people out there, oh, you got to tell the whole story. You ain't got to tell none of the story. You think you're surprising God by what you did? The only person you're going to surprise is the person you're telling the story to. And you're going to test their grace. Because once you tell their story, they got to decide whether they can forgive you or not. They can. What if you just forgave them before you even knew the story? God does. He forgave you while you were yet His enemy. He took you out of the dunghill. He pulled you out of the deepest pit of hell while you were His enemy. He loved you and died for you. Glory to God. And then He made you to be like Him. Oh, we serve a good God. Isn't He wonderful? And He doesn't say, oh, here's Dave. Let me stand him up here so you all can see what he did. We, need to, uh, we got something taller because we need the tallest place because we want everyone to know what in the world this man has done. Can we find something to raise me? He has done this and he has done this and here's this sin and here's that. He don't tell about the sin. 
He tells about the righteousness. He tells about His goodness. He tells about the mercy. He tells about the love. He makes you new. He takes your crooked places and He stretches them straight. He takes your low places and He fills them up with His grace. And where sin did abound, grace abounds all the more. Glory to God. And that's the God I serve. That's the God you serve. And as Paul prayed for us in Ephesians, he said, I want your eyes to be enlightened. The eyes of your understanding. I want them to be enlightened. Why? He wants you to know about this God. He wants you to know how wonderful He is. He wants you to know how beautiful He is. He wants you to know how good He is. He wants you to know that you can't mess up bad enough to not be accepted in the Beloved. He made us accepted. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, this word grace has been kicked around the last few months like it's, like it's not something that could be taught this way or taught. It can be taught one way. It is the love of God for you unto salvation that makes you new. And enables you to do and see the things that God is and be His hands and feet. Be who He is in the earth. Be like Jesus. Takes away your gavel. Takes away that judge's gavel right out of your hand. Because <laughs> the only thing you can do with a judge's gavel is beat yourself on the head. And He gives you grace. He gives you grace and He gives you mercy. And He enables you to walk in the high places. Amen. He seated us in heavenly places. We in Christ Jesus. Right next to Him. Through this grace. And He's showing us His very heart. He says, what do you think about that person? You say, you love them. And we say, what about them? Look what they did. Oh, you love them too. What about all those people? Sheep without a shepherd. You're here now. Glory to God. We see only what God sees. We hear only what God hears. Our eyes are being enlightened daily to see it different. Not to see it with the gavel in the hand. To see it the way God sees it. They don't need condemnation. They need mercy. They need grace. And they need love. And I've put all those things in you. So go and preach this gospel to the world. How do you preach it? He told the disciples, love one another. You'll be preaching every day. You will preach every day if you love one another. Glory to God. Isn't He wonderful? Isn't He marvelous? Glory to God. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Just thank you. Just thank you. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Lord. In Ephesians 1, it says, in verse 16, Paul says, I pray for you all the time. He said, I pray that the God and the Lord of Jesus Christ, and our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. What kind of spirit of wisdom and revelation? In the knowledge of Him. Not just so you can know about Him, but so you can be like Him. He doesn't just want you to know how He was. He wants you to know how to be. These are life directions.
They're not, it's not just history lessons. It's life directions. I want to give you a spirit of wisdom and a revelation in the knowledge of Him. That the eyes of your understanding may be being enlightened. Not getting enlightened. Being enlightened. In other words, I'm going to make your eyes work the way they're supposed to work. Being enlightened. That you may know the hope of His calling. Glory to God. You can know what He's put in you. you. Because the more you know Him, the more you know who you've been made to be. You've got to find out who you are by finding out who He is. And He wants to enlighten our eyes today. And He said, so we'd know the hope of our calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us word, who believe according to to the working of His mighty power. Look at that in the Message Bible in, in uh, 19, 18 and 19. 18 and 19 in the Message Bible, it says, your eyes focused, your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is He's calling you to do. See what He said? He, you got to see what He's calling you to do. But you got to see Him to see that you can do it. He doesn't call you to do something that He didn't give you the ability to do. He didn't tell the disciples to love one another without giving them the ability to do it. And He said, so that you can see what you're called to do, grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life. <laughs> What's He saying? He said, I want your eyes to be open so that you can grasp who you are. Because you don't even know. You don't know how great He's made you. Grasp the, this glorious way of life he, is, he has for Christians. Verse 19. Oh, the utter extravagance. Oh, I love that word. Our God is extravagant. The utter extravagance of His work in us. How much did He do? How far did He go? He went further than sin. He went further than you could ever imagine. And He'll go around it and around it again until you're wrapped in this love extravagance of His work in us who trust Him. Endless energy. Boundless strength. We truly can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, empowers us by His grace. Glory to God. Pray this with me. Father God, I pray that the eyes, that my eyes, the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened that I might see You, that I might know Your heart, that I might understand Your ways, that I might know who You've made me to be, that I would have full knowledge of Your grace in me and Your grace through me to others, that I would see the extravagance of Your love for me and give extravagant love through me. Glory to God. Sing for us.